0: So John, we were going to talk a little bit about your, your current experience or your experience in AA now versus back when you first attempted not drinking, not drinking versus actual sobriety.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, um, I guess we'll start, you know, when I got out of treatment or uh, the first thing I did was I said, I was going to do the 90 meetings in 90 days. And, um, you know, to, to, to put a kink in it, to really kind of give you an idea of how serious I was about this. My wife who uh, had literally been through hell the last three months when I got out of treatment, uh, dealing with me, getting me in treatment, dealing with insurance companies, a sick father, everything else in the world. She just wanted to go somewhere on vacation. So we decided we were going to go and, um, Sorry. Um, I just looked out the corner of my eye and I realized that I've got a dog that went to the bathroom in the house. But
0: oh. <laughs> Those pesky animals. Not my Quite problem. Yeah. Um,
1: yet. but um, So I kind of owed her a vacation. So we went to South Carolina literally three days after I um, got out of treatment which now I'm faced with the idea of, okay, I said I was gonna do 90 meetings in 90 days. I'm serious about that. How am I gonna do it? So I found an app online that um, it's a meeting finder and you can put it in any location and it tells you about meetings. So we went and we were visiting my sister in South Carolina and I used the meeting finder to find meetings and they had meetings all day, every day within a five mile radius of our house. So i said this i'm gonna do it so um i'll never forget the first meeting and it was a lot like my first meeting 20 years ago where i walked in and i'm like well first when i drove up it was all motorcycles in the parking lot and um there was a bunch of um guys out with beards zz top beards the really long beards and everybody was smoking and, and lots of ink and and all that and about as far from me as is." looking as different for me as you could possibly look and I was like okay well this is gonna be interesting and I'll tell you it wasn't we got through with the intro into the meeting and the AA uh, prelude and all of that and as soon as we got into the topic I was like wow I am just like these people and all of a sudden I saw the similarities and not the differences and I realized we all look different, Uh, you know, not all sober people look the same either. So not all alcoholics are expected to look the same. So I, um, yeah, so I realized it. So I I was able to to go to meetings, one or two meetings every day on that vacation. And then I'll never forget, um, it was kind of another little one of those, I call them Godwinks, where I went to my first meeting after getting home from South Carolina And it was a crowded meeting. There was very few empty chairs, probably 40, 50 people in the meeting. And uh, this guy had a chair next to him and he he had me sit, I sat next to him. And uh, he introduced himself after the meeting and this guy's got 30 years sobriety and uh, asked me about myself and where I'm from and was this my first meeting and blah, blah, blah. And he asked me, he said, do you have a sponsor? I said, no, I don't. And he goes, well, you got one now. And he said, "Here's Aww. my email. He said, "Call me in the morning." And um, William William drugged me around for the next two to three weeks to different area meetings, and it was not just meetings that were easy to go to or convenient or whatever. It was meetings where there were other people with long-term sobriety. And then they had just enough mix of new sobriety like myself in the meetings that I could learn, and it was people that I could really learn from. And uh, I stuck with William for about three months as a sponsor. And, um, and uh, you know, William, man, he was relentless on the steps and step work. Uh, I thought I was on You didn't
0: graduate two. them all in one session? Like no, the first no, time. that was, no, William was not going <laughs> to let me
1: graduate steps, and God forbid if I didn't call him in any particular day, I didn't go, I went without calling him, but um, I finally remember after a meeting, I, I went and I said, William, I'm, I really think I'm ready to move on to step two and three, and he goes, he said, are you willing, absolutely willing to do anything and everything possible, humanly possible to to stay sober and I said yes I said I think I've made that clear I am and he goes he said we'll talk tomorrow and he still kind of pushed me and, and just really was relentless on making sure I took my time going through the steps and working the steps and um, it wasn't long after that that uh, I went to a meeting here locally um, about five minutes from my house and it's another, it's a really large group, and I'll never forget walking in there, and I saw an old college friend of mine,
0: oh, and
1: wow. um, that's when so I learned. So for the
0: anonymity, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, and I, you know, I didn't really care, because I, I think most of my college friends were like, well, it's about damn time you figure it out. We've known it for years, you know, and, you know, but I, it, it's the infamous words of walking into an AA meeting, and seeing somebody, you know, you go, what are you doing here? Well, he said, the same thing you're doing. <laughs> like, why well, I didn't know you had a drinking problem. He goes, well, that's because I don't drink. It's not a problem. <laughs> um, but uh, it wasn't long after that I asked him to be my sponsor. So he's my permanent oh, sponsor. Nice. still my sponsor to this day. Um, we talk almost every day. I try to message him or he messages me almost every day. And, um, yeah, the, the step work it was brutal. Um, the fourth step was oh my god! It might, yeah. might have taken me three months to get through that fourth step. Um,
0: and for those it, people who are listening that don't know the fourth the fourth step is all the whole uh, inventory part, right? Where you're supposed yeah. to like evaluate yeah. all aspects of your being, character, detail, and all, right?
1: Which, uh, if you can get past the mental block of what it is. And actually just start putting it on paper Um, I guess it was by the bottom of the second page or so that I realized everything I was writing down all came back to one thing and it all kind of interlaced into fear and
0: oh interesting
1: so uh, fear of not being the center of attention fear of not being in total control fear of not being successful fear of not having enough fear of not being enough it was all fear-based. And, um, you know, I think I remember calling my sponsor. I remember um, my sponsor's name is Smitty. And I'll, I'll never forget calling Smitty and saying, I get it now.
0: Yeah. I see what you're
1: making me do. Y'all are, you're making me do this fourth step. I'm starting to see every one of them I'm on a fourth or fifth different pro- issue and problems that I have in character defect. And, and as I nailed down and, and look at it, it all goes back to being afraid and fear and, and all of those things. So, um, and they're all intertwined. You know, if I look at my desire to be in control of everything, well, my desire to be in control is because I don't trust you and I don't know that you're going to do what's in my best interest or what I want to be done.
0: Mm-hmm. And, uh,
1: so it all, it's all interlined yeah, but, uh, um, yeah. How, time, getting how
0: long were you sober when, uh, How long were you sober this new time before you started tackling that? Would you say? Uh,
1: Fourth step, I was probably at about eight to nine months. Got you. In in the fifth step, fifth step. um,
0: So you've got some real distance at this point—a real break from from the booze. And I I, I told you that,
1: that that even. I can tell you, it was right around nine months because I remember my wife getting really frustrated with some of my, um, I I call it kind of replacement therapy, but just things coming up that I was still trying to look for, or my brain was still trying to look for ways to replace or something to replace that alcohol with. And it was Mm. probably right around nine months when I completed my fourth or fifth step that it was like things started kind of relieving themselves. Um, It was probably around four or five months. um, I had heard it way too many times in too many meetings that um, people saying you gotta hit your knees and you've got to turn it all over to your higher power and let your higher power take control. And it was probably around five months when that I I remember that distinctly because I've had at that point. I was still unemployed. There were no interviews coming. Nothing was happening in my life to the gear. I, I had about two months' worth of income left, and things just weren't mm-hmm. happening. And uh,
0: so you got uh, like, fear on top of fear. You know, you've got all yeah, these fears you're trying to so, dissect in sobriety uh, on I, top of.
1: It was probably real about life things. Yeah. And it was probably about one o'clock in the morning. I finally, I just rolled off the couch onto my knees and I said, that's it. I said, I don't care. Take the house, take my cars, take care of my wife, take care of the kids. I don't care. I'll live in a van by the river. I don't care. Whatever you want me to do, I will do it. And, um, and I think that goes back to kind of a little bit about what William had told me in that, those early months was like, are you willing to do anything and everything and mm-hmm. just basically turn it all over to your higher power and, and trust and have faith in their higher power? And I, at that point, I did it that. And that, that's kind of where the miracles, or I call them miracles, started kind of happening. I, I did it that, that about one o'clock. That was probably a Thursday or Friday. And the following Monday, I had an interview. And it was with another bank, and uh, went started going through the interview process with them, and it was at the same time that I was also looking at investing into this franchise. So um, it, it actually all happened in December of that year. Um, this would have been 2019. I think December 2019. I had a job offer to start in January, and uh, I had met with the franchise and signed the contract to purchase a franchise and buy into the, the fitness franchise. So, um, all of that happened in like December and started moving forward that January of 2020. So, um, and then just so many little things that just, um, uh, I guess about October, I had talked to, um, a state agency here in Mississippi, um, that works with veterans and does work with veterans, and uh, the executive director was looking to resign, and uh, um, you know, he thought wanted to know if I would be interested. Well, he he changed his mind and didn't, and and it was guess uh, September of this past year, 2020, that he called me back and said, "I'm definitely retiring this time," and you know, things just start falling into place.
0: Uh, yeah such and, a good and, feeling after all that struggle, you know, and, and all, that all that uncertainty. It, it,
1: you know, and, and then I didn't mention, you know, my, my mom died in all that period. of uh, oh, not, well, sorry November to hear November 2020. That. Yeah. So, but, uh, you know, I, I can't imagine going through my mom's death and being there with my mom had I been drinking. Yeah. Um, to be able, especially with COVID, um, you know, to be able to... Have the nursing home. One, the nursing home probably would have never let me pass the front door because they probably would have smelled the alcohol on my breath. But to be able to go in there and spend the final hours with my mom um, mm. was very special, and I, I, I owe it to the people around me that have that have helped hold me true to what I what I do. Um, you know, it's the thing about AA and and, and, and whatnot is is. It, and I learned it partly from my first run with AA, where I graduated at my first meeting. Uh, it, it's not a program that you graduate from. Um, and I talk about living sober and, and sober living. Um, for me to maintain a sober lifestyle or live sober, I've got to work those steps. I've got to turn it over. I've got to accept. It might not be accepting that I'm an alcoholic. It might be accepting that something else is going to happen the way it happens. It's accepting Mm -hmm. life on life's terms. Um, So those 12 steps are something for me to work and to look at and to work on every day of my life. Mm
0: -hmm. And I
1: feel like the days that I do those steps and the days that I try to give back, I know, you know, we see a lot of people on the app and things talking about uh, giving back and giving back, just like this is drifter's way of giving back, and helping the next alcoholic that is a huge huge part of aa and a huge part i think a really monumental part of staying sober is working yeah. with other alcoholics and 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 spreading the word and saying it is possible there is a way out and we do recover um you know uh, all of the things that i saw happening for my sister when she got sober and i was so resentful toward her i I've seen that and more coming true in my own life. Um, we've since renewed our relationship and I'm closer to her than I was before she got sober the first time. So, or,
0: oh, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, so, you know, I, I wouldn't stayed get
0: sober all this time.
1: She's got almost 30 years. Wow. I would have almost 30 years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> weren't for those beer steins in Germany damn germans yeah
1: that's uh yeah and and me graduating and thinking i had it all under control but uh you know we there there's a plan for all of us and that that was my path that was my plan and that that was the way my higher power intended for things to work out i i don't know all of the reasons you know i don't know what will come of me doing this podcast i don't I don't know what the reason is, but, you know, maybe a year from now, maybe a six months from now, maybe a lifetime from now, I find out that somebody heard this or somebody listened to it or something happened as a result of this podcast. I'll go, Hey, that's why drifter asked me to do this.
0: Yeah. And
1: I just think there are so many things in life. Everything I, I think happens for a reason, you know, whether there was vodka in that cup on my desk that day that I got caught, I don't know. I don't know. Did I black out and somehow get got smuggled back in my office and don't remember any of it? Maybe. Who am I to say that I didn't? I know I did a lot of other really horrible things. Um, So who's to say that I didn't? Um,
0: But those events unfolded for a purpose and they allowed you to be where you are. And, yeah. I, and
1: I, believe, I believe there are some events that are going to probably happen in your life that you probably won't realize or won't know what the reason or what it was until, until we die. And
0: right. you meet your
1: maker, whoever that might be. And you, you go, ah, now I see, you know, I, I look at how my life before sobriety and my life after sobriety has affected my children, my adult children, you know, um, to hear my 19 year old spout back, sobriety sayings to me, you know, reminds me, am I doing or setting the right example for the people around me? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not, you know. Uh, an alcohol and AA would like to say it's it's progress, not perfection. And you mm-hmm. will never I will never graduate. I will never master this program. And all I've got is today.
0: Yeah. And, not um, the not the destination, the journey, right? One one day at a time and That's it. And living in the moment. That's one of the things. Do you, um, I mean, it sounds like there's, it's such a huge difference from two years ago to today, you know, for people who are, you know, having the day once, because it sounds like, you know, when you first started when that pivotal day happened, you had some ideas in your mind, like, I'm going to chill out this weekend. It's not going to be as bad. You described in one of your posts on the app, this choice of not drinking so much that day, but then drinking a couple just to take the edge off. And then it all snowballed from there or unfolded. Like it is that painful loop that we get trapped in for, for years sometimes. And we just repeat day one in our mind over and over that intention. What do you think, um, what do you think that you would say to somebody who's really trying to break that loop?
1: Um, god i i almost hate to say it because it is so a a cliche but keep coming back
0: mm-hmm.
1: keep coming back um don't give up just because you drank today doesn't mean you have to drink tomorrow and don't worry about t- tomorrow and tomorrow con- until tomorrow's here um i i love i love all the twists on today that i've learned over the last two years and that's you know i can't do anything about yesterday yesterday is gone I can't do anything about tomorrow because it isn't here yet. And until tomorrow is today, I'm not going to worry about it. So, you know, live today. Um, If you've already started drinking today, it's done. Don't don't worry about it. You you just put it down for now. Put it down for today. Put it down this minute and, and, and just go one minute at a time if you have to. And then when you wake up tomorrow, try to do it again. Um, but don't worry about tomorrow until you get to tomorrow. You know, I, I, I was, I guess, you know, and I did start posting, I guess about three days before my two years, but I, I I don't even like posting three days before my two years, because I don't know what's going to happen on the day, the eve of my two year anniversary. I didn't know what was going to happen that day. Mm -hmm. You know, put me in a catastrophic event, put me in the wrong situation at the wrong time. I don't know that I would have made two years, you know, mm-hmm. God willing, I made my two years. And I, anytime I talk about any future sobriety date, I always say, God willing, you know, you know, I plan to wake up October tomorrow, but you know, once I get off this podcast, we don't know what might go in my Coke. Right. <laughs> so, but it's just, you gotta just don't give up. If you mess up today, just go to bed wake up in the morning and start over uh just Mm -hmm. keep coming back keep putting yourself around other successful people listen to other people um you know uh i don't know it it, it's it's cunning baffling and powerful and no matter what you you think your brain might tell you is okay uh, I've heard people I've heard other alcoholics say you know don't don't trust anything your brain tells you for the first year <laughs> and and you know that I, I see that and I understand that now but I still don't believe and trust everything my brain does and says to me to this day um, yeah you know it wasn't it wasn't two weeks ago that a Budweiser truck drove by in front of me at the intersection with that beautiful mist spraying out of the top and I'm like, wow, that looks good. And then I was like, what the hell are you talking about? You didn't even like Budweiser. You drank craft beer. You were too too hoity toity to get <laughs> drinking Budweiser.
0: But and it's I, got awareness though, right? Like you've got yeah. you're able now to separate that voice out and see it for what it is. Whereas in active addiction it just takes over. And it, it does it take you, over. Mm-hmm.
1: It, it takes over and it, it it twists it twists reality and you 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 have a warped sense of reality. In my mind, I wasn't drinking any more than anybody else around me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll use a real simple analogy. I'll never forget the first time that my wife and I went out to eat at a restaurant that had a bar and and served drinks, and I was really really apprehensive. And I said, how is this going to be? I said, you know, they're going to have, people are going to be drinking at other tables. Everybody's going to be drinking. And I'm going to be the only, my wife and I are going to be the only ones in the restaurant not drinking. And I remember going and I remember sitting there and I remember we had ordered our meal and we're probably about two thirds of the way through with our meal. And it was the first thought I had that who else is drinking? Everybody's drinking. I bet you everybody's drinking. And I looked around the, the I looked around the restaurant and couldn't find at first first glance could not find a table with alcohol on it.
0: Yeah. And I said, mm-hmm.
1: damn, nobody's drinking. And I literally had to look a second and third time to find two tables out of a restaurant with about seventy-five tables in it that had alcohol on them. And and i'm like wow i thought everybody drank when they went out to dinner mhm you no know? um it, it's it's crazy because i, I your your brain gets into the point and and that's why i i don't trust anything my brain tells me and and and, and go back to the non-alcoholic beers and things and i i just don't trust my brain enough to to, to rationalize or to think logically that that that's okay and and you know, it, it does. It it looks around and it tries to paint the abnormal as normal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It tells you you're not doing anything. No, anybody else is doing. Everybody's yeah. had three DUIs. What? Well, and we
0: have so much social proof around us. You know, because there are environments where everyone is drinking, and then you feel like. You know, well, that's the norm and our brain just continues to form opinions over a span of years based on these perceptions, social proof, et cetera, that, that just form. And so those, all those things take dismantling in this recovery process. We have to form completely new perspectives and new opinions on top, especially if you're older, you know, these opinions have been around for a while, you know, I'm 44 these you know, opinions and, and, have been in there for a bit.
1: Yeah, and, and you mentioned situations where everybody around you is drinking, but I, I can now I have the clarity to say, yeah, everybody around me is drinking, but how many of them are looking at the clock and saying, mm-hmm. okay, I won't get my next beer until the big hands on the floor.
0: <laughs> right
1: and saying, I'm not going to drink until 20 after or um, until the half hour. I'm going to wait until a half hour. How many people, yeah, they're all drinking, but how many are like the half hour I'll get the next drink?
0: Yeah. And then
1: and then telling yourself, well, you know, I ate a lot for lunch today, so I don't really need to wait the full half hour. I can get it 10 <laughs> minutes earlier. That's right? where Everybody else might be drinking, but I promise you, everybody else is not looking at the clock and thinking that way.
0: Yeah, and, they don't have that inner rationalization that they have to deal with. You see,
1: I can say that to you, and you laugh, because you know exactly what I'm talking about, oh, you yeah. probably watched the clock before. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. Or, you know, it's like I'd keep, it'd be more of a keeping tally of how many people had had how many wines or how much could I get rid, you know, how much was left in the bottle and was there going to be enough for all of this? Like the 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 liquor math that you get into that, you know, to kind of like calm your, is there enough liquor paranoia is just silly. Oh, God, and, yeah. And that and then, freedom that you have when you completely remove that is, something that
1: is indescribable truly do you think and then you you pour that last drink of the night and it's like all right i'm not drinking any more after this one this is the last one tonight i'm going to be it and then you pour the drink and i always kept my vodka in the freezer and i get ready to put the vodka back in the freezer and there's just about a quarter inch to a half inch left in the bottle and i'm like well shit, that's not even another drink. I'm not, I, I can't leave that in the bar. I'm, I'm going to have mm-hmm. to finish it now. And yeah, that, that
0: yeah.
1: now it becomes one more. So mm-hmm. it, it's that it Never was,
0: ending, right? Yeah. What is that saying? Like a thousand, one drink is too many and a thousand is never enough.
1: Never <laughs> so enough. True. Yeah.
0: True. Yeah.
1: But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah I, I guess the big thing is just keep coming back and don't ever stop it it's it, it might not maybe today is not your last day maybe tomorrow we all have um i've, I've been to so many meetings and, and so many conversations about rock bottoms uh, and i truly don't know did i hit my rock bottom i don't know i could go out and start drinking again tomorrow and i might that what was my rock bottom two years ago would look like a, a day at the fair or a picnic compared to what my next rock bottom, uh, you know, I, I truly think the only real rock bottom anybody ever really has is death. And
0: yeah.
1: if you don't believe this disease will kill you, I, I've i seen plenty of people just in two years that are, are either I know them firsthand or know of them that, have died from this disease or from the complications of this disease uh from suicide to overdosing to to everything so it's it will kill you Um,
0: yeah and i think that's one of the big eye openers for me was that i didn't know how much it could impact my mental health and once it started You know, I had my, I had my ups and downs during drinking, but I never knew that I could get to such a low place emotionally um, as I did. And, you know, it's just, it certainly wasn't the, it's certainly not the picture that we all see in advertisements and Super Bowl commercials of young people drinking and laughing (laughs) it up. And it's the elixir of life. You You know, know, in the end, it's
1: it's tears
0: and Yeah, Yeah,
1: they need to show the four hours later when it's now, instead of 100 people at the party, you're down to 10 or 15, and and they're fighting, and there's crying, and people are throwing up, and that's the picture. I I don't think Budweiser wants you to see that picture.
0: No, or they don't want to see three in the morning when you wake up, and you know you have to be at work, and you know you're trying to drink in the morning to just maintain or you feel like, you know, like you don't want to exist anymore because it has completely sucked your soul away. And well, that the, that's the you
1: truth. Know, you, you know, I, I, I drank, I don't want to say that I drank because I was depressed or I drank because I was happy or any of that. Cause I, I drank because the day ended and why typically. But um, since I've quit and probably around the one year mark or whatever, Um, I'm off my antidepressants altogether, no more antidepressants.
0: Congratulations, Um, that must
1: feel nice. Yeah, um, I've I've managed to get off my anxiety medication. I take one pill, um, that is, uh, actually for blood pressure and does help a little bit with anxiety as well, but that's just one of the alternate things that it does. But, um, so pretty much my main anxiety medication my depression medication, I've been able to get off of, and you know, now I'm just taking medicines for my overall just bad health and bad eating habits. But you know,
0: one thing at a time, right? That's <laughs> right. Can't change everything. I love,
1: you know, Raulto and that uh, Raulto and Washington always likes to post pictures about food. I keep telling them I'm gonna bring them down here to. Uh, to yes. mississippi and have a food off you guys
0: have and, the good food down there that's for yeah, sure
1: well, i got some good food up in washington it looks yeah. like too he's always posting great food so um true but uh thank
0: you so much john for i don't yeah, i want to be mindful good. of your time but thank you so much for talking today i really appreciate it and good i good. think mm-hmm, go ahead
1: No, I was just going to say I enjoyed it, and hopefully, uh, I hope it helps somebody, and you know, I I just, I don't, life is so different. I told, I talked about it yesterday. I've had, I've gained more in life the last two years than I'd gained in an entire lifetime before, so I wouldn't do anything to change my life now. Yeah,
0: that's, that's so huge to hear. It's, it really is night and day. And I think one of the biggest things to me was that you really don't realize how much alcohol negatively impacted everything until you remove it completely. And then when it's gone, I mean, you know, your life doesn't become perfect. It's not a magic wand after all, there are still things, you know, and in some cases, Removing alcohol uncovers many other problems that you've been numbing and shoving yeah. under the, the mat forever. But, um, yeah, but life, it
1: life, is- life still happens. And, you know, I, I'm not afraid to, not ashamed to admit, I, I had a, an argument with my wife the other night. And we, we got it into a fight about some things. And, and you know, she said <laughs> she was trying to apologize. And she said, well, I'm sorry I upset you. I said, well, you didn't upset me. And she said, well, I'm sorry I made you mad. I said, you didn't make me mad. And she was trying to figure out what my emotion was or what the emotion she triggered in me was. I don't know. I'm still learning so many emotions and so many feelings to this day that there are a lot of times where I'm like, okay, I'm not really sure what this is. (laughs) It's like being a two-year-old, but uh. Yeah. It's always learning. I think, um, you know, shit, I can look out to where my sister has got almost 30 years and she still will tell you there are times and there are things that she's still learning to this day about herself. And it's being able to have a clear mind and clear conscious and, and to be able to really look back at what you do do today that made a difference in somebody else's life. And what did you do that you could have done better? And, I think, you know, you were asking about the people that are just starting out. Um, it's starting each day is looking at what can I do today to make my life better than it was yesterday. And if you drank the day before, then try not to, if you drank two drinks the day before, then if you drink one drink today, it's better than you were yesterday and, and just stick with it and don't stop. So
0: yeah, that self growth is tremendous it really is well thank you so much john i really appreciate Mm -hmm. you talking today and and we'll wrap up for now but um but thank you so much all right thanks a lot